Good morning. It's good to see you on this last hurrah weekend of what we call our summer season. Um, it's good to have you and that you are here to join us in worship today. And the same for those of you online. We are glad to have you with us. Now, if you came expecting to hear Pastor Nicole, I am sorry to disappoint you. Um, but if you haven't heard, Pastor Nicole was called away. Um, her grandmother was put into hospice care um, Friday, and so she went home to be with the family this weekend, and I don't know how that's all going to play out. And then, if you expected Pastor Jill to be here, <laughs> she is committed and has been committed to preach for a friend who had undergone some major surgery this week at another church. So you have Paul and I. We're it. <laughs> and so if you are joining us online, and I may not be able to do this. There it go. Well, we would ask, too, that you would light a candle at home that reminds us that we indeed are in the presence of God as we come in to worship. And the other thing I would remind you here at the beginning is to fill out your um, connection card with all the required information. It is helpful for us and the staff to gather information and to keep hopefully on top of all your connection um, addresses, etc. So having said all that, will you please join me in the call to worship? Joy comes to those who follow the ways of the Lord. Those who follow the Lord are like trees planted by the river, bearing fruit each season. Worship the Lord who leads us to joy and abundance. If you would please stand and sing our opening hymn, one, verses 1, 2, and 3.
take a moment to turn to one of your neighbors for, to pass the sign of peace in the way in which you feel comfortable in doing it and the way they might receive it. Would you join me in the call to prayer? God of all times and all people, on this Labor Day weekend, we give thanks for the many skills and talents you have given us. Thank you for the fulfillment that comes from our work and for all that you empower us to contribute to the well-being of our community. Inspire us to work together to support your redeeming work in the world and to spread your healing touch to everyone we meet. Amen. We come now to our time of prayer. and Let's take a few moments of silent prayer as we pray for those things that lay heavy on our hearts or thank God for joys. Let us pray.
our gracious God, we thank you for the gift of prayer, not because it has any innate power, but because you've brought us into relationship with you and told us to pray. We acknowledge it's not the act of prayer that does us any good, but the object of our prayer. And so we pray for a good recovery for Emma St. Dennis from her eye surgery. We pray for the family of Martha Gasho who passed into your hands on Monday. And God, we pray to those, we, we get to pray those prayers to you. We don't pray to a cold and impersonal universe. We speak to you, a loving God who created the universe and then created us and began a relationship with us. You tell us that as our Father, you love to hear from your children. You tell us that you love to act on our prayers and act through our prayers. So let us live that way the way people live when prayer really matters. Let us worship as if prayer really matters. Let us believe that often the best thing we can do is not to act first, but to pray first. Let prayer be our first instinct rather than our last resort. Let it be instrumental rather than supplemental for all we do and all we are. Let us be a praying church first on Sunday as we gather and worship and then through the week as we meet with friends and in our times of personal devotion. Please, God, help us to pray. Help us to make prayer a priority and help us to see and celebrate when prayers are answered. Give us confidence that our prayers matter not because we've said just the right words, but because we know you and are known by you. Let us pray boldly, let us pray confidently, and let us pray constantly. Let us pray until the day Christ returns, and let us always be thankful for the precious gift of your Son, Jesus the Christ, when he gave us his prayer, which he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And deliver us from temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Mary Eileen's announcement at the beginning notwithstanding, we have just a few more things to share with you this morning. One, I'm going to encourage you not to leap into the air with joy, but our church parking lot is going to be repaved. And that will be for the next two Thursdays and Fridays. So the 8th and the 9th and the 15th and the 16th. And so we'll all have to be a little patient as that happens. And when, if we were coming into church on those days, uh, which many of us aren't, because we want to make sure there are parking spaces for the parents and the children of the preschool. So on the 8th and 9th and 15th and 16th, uh, if we don't need to use the parking lot, that would be a really good thing. For the, helpful for the preschool. I checked with the Teeter Farm to Table dinner folks this morning, and today really is the last chance to buy tickets. So if you've been wanting to go, planning to go, but you haven't yet bought your tickets, you can do that online. And I, I think they're going to be uh, gathering all the food starting tomorrow. So if you can't do that, if you don't have access online, I would contact the church uh, first thing tomorrow. Oh, it's a holiday. They can't do that, can they? Better get online. <laughs> I'm not coming in. You're not coming in? Me neither. <laughs> I'm pretending it's parking lot date. We do have an urgent need for uh, volunteers for the September respite night uh, for parents and care care caregivers of children ages 5 to 18 who have special needs. Uh, this is a popular event for uh, a lot of kids in our community and not just the community of Noblesville, but I think it reaches way far beyond the bounds of Noblesville. So if you would like to help with that, uh, no experience necessary, online training provided, and you can learn more at noblesvillefirst.com. Then I have one I want to... Uh, this came up at the last minute um, for, uh, from a counselor at Prevail. Um, there is some client need, and so we're announcing that there are about 10 tags for the clothesline out in the narthex, uh, and as a reminder, if you take a tag, would be uh, helpful and then purchase the item on the tag and then return it to the church office uh, in a bag with the tag attached. So if you feel that you would like to help with that, uh, that is the way to do that. And be sure to register your attendance on the cards that are provided. Uh, and if you're new or if you just have something you want to talk over uh, with uh, someone from the church, I want to mention that Pam Stair will be uh, out in the... Now, Pam Kaplinger is our hospitality coordinator, but I know that she is down rehearsing for the 11 o'clock service. So Pam Stair will be in the Narthex and be there to answer all of your questions. And you can also uh, go on our website to Noblesville First Next Steps and see what, how you might be joined into our community uh, in service to the Lord. Now we are at the time of our offering to God. An important time for all of these, all of the things that our church does for our community. Uh, and so let us begin that offering in prayer. God of all times, 
and all people. God of the universe, thank you that your promises are sure. You are faithful. We can rely on you. Your word says that we will find joy in offering our time, talents, and money to meet the needs of others. Help us to give freely. Help us to give sacrificially and cheerfully towards the work of your kingdom. May you cause the seeds that we sow to grow into well-watered, fruitful trees of life. Lord, bless us and keep us and make your face to shine upon us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
You may be seated. Well, today we begin a new sermon series entitled Faith to Table. Pastor Nicole said she was inspired by a meeting she was having with the operation team at Teeters. In this series, different parables of Jesus will be used to enlighten us in our faith journey, to be more like Christ, so that as God uses us to do the harvest, more tables will come to sit at the table of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, please hear these words from Scripture taken from the Gospel of Matthew, the 13th chapter, the first through the ninth verse, and then the 18th through the 23rd. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. Maybe I should make you stand. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone who as hears hear and listen. The 18th verse. Hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. And, immediate, and yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, the person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. The word of God for the people of God. May God add God's wisdom and blessings. Will you pray with me? O oh Lord my God, indeed you are my rock and my redeemer. And I would ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be what you would have spoken. That the words that I share will be sown 
into those who are here that indeed they have ears to listen so that their hands and feet and mouths will proclaim your word in all they do. All this I pray in your son's holy name. Amen. How many English teachers do I have here today? Okay, well, I hope I get all this right. The English language is peculiar sometimes. It's interesting to me that we have words that sound the same but are spelled differently with different meanings, and these are called homophones. We also have words that are spelled the same but sound differently and have different meanings. These are called homographs. So, for instance, we have the word so today in our sermon, S-O-W, or in our scripture. But there are also two other so's in the English language, S-O and S-E-W. I'll get to that in a minute. On the other hand, we have the word so in our scripture today, and there is another word that is pronounced sow, a female adult pig. Now, we're not going to discuss that in our sermon today, but, both, but commonly both of those types of words are also called what we may be more familiar with. They're called homonyms. And see, I can't even get it out. Homonyms. There we go. So, so is a homophone. You're catching on. So, S-O-W, the word that we will talk about in today's sermon, too, is, uh, it means to scatter or broadcast widely seed to be planted in the ground. The sower in the parable does that very lavishly. So, S-E-W, means to make or to mend or fasten something together with stitches. All of our clothes, or most of our clothes, are made by a machine or someone stitching together the clothes that we wear. So, <laughs> S-O means to understand. Well, I always thought that until I raised my children. Do you remember those times when you tried to explain some principle in life using a story like Jesus did today? And you got to the end of the story, which you thought was the most wonderful thing in the world, and they were going to get it. What did they say to you? So, what's the point? I like to think in those times that they really understood, but maybe they didn't want it to matter to them. But I don't know for sure. So, so <laughs> think about our disciples today. I wonder if they were like my children when Jesus got done telling the parable all of them looked at one another and said, so what was his point? 
because they really did not understand, perhaps. Notice when we got to the next verses that I read, it said his disciples asked him, why do you speak to the the people in parables? They didn't mention themselves. Maybe they didn't want to fess up that they didn't understand and were in the dark too. Well, there are theologians that share with us in the study that I have done that they think that Matthew's explanation here in the 18th through the 23rd verses was actually an addition by Matthew because the church was undergoing persecution in the times of the first century and that um, he, he felt that they needed some explanation and some help as they were living in their faith. And so the soils began to take center stage when we preach on this sermon and or this topic these scriptures and they so we come to compare the soils to the seasons of our lives or the soil in our soul so to speak it was a good question to ask Jesus and I think it's helpful because it will help us to think more clearly about the first nine verses. First of all, you have just heard me share that we read about the hardened soil, the first type of soil. It, when we have, when our souls are hardened, just like the soil that cannot accept the seed and the bird snatch it away, we have difficulty understanding the word and we are not really ready to hear about God's love and grace. The second type of soil, the shallow soil, is when we hear something new and we get all excited about it and are enthusiastic. We've all been there, haven't we? There's something, sometimes it's in our faith, sometimes it's in other things, but we hear something and my, we're excited, we're going to get on board, we're going to rush out there and do it, right? And then we fall upon hard times and because our faith hasn't sunk deep enough once again. It's not rooted well within us. We give up. And we move on to the next best spiritual thing, perhaps. And the thorny soil. Now, the thorny soil, actually, it's interesting that they call it the thorny soil because it's probably almost as good as the good soil. Because the thorns and the weeds have to have something to grow in. But the point is that the thorns and the weeds grow up so much of them and they snuff out the seed. They don't allow the seed to grow. And Matthew made it analogous in his writing that that is equal to the things of the world that we desire. And he even throws in wealth, worldly desires and wealth, that oftentimes they get in the way of our commitment to Christ. And so while God is near, we come to church all the time, we go through all the motions of what we're doing, but when push comes to shove and we're asked to commit ourselves to do something, 
sometimes we just walk away because we're drawn more to the worldly desires. And Christ did preach about that an awful lot in the Gospels. And then, of course, there is the good soil. It nurtures the seeds. It provides the right environment for the seed to bear fruit 30, 60, or 100 fold. And most of us all know where the good soil is in our yards, in our gardens, and on in our farm ground. And we love that good soil because it gives us good things. The same is true in our faith journey. So Matthew's explanation is helpful about the soil because we learn that the soil differences make a difference in whether the seed flourishes or not and the location of where the seed falls makes a difference or not. And how you allowed the seeds of faith, how you hear and listen to learn about God and God's love and God's expectation of you, it matters. It matters because it nurtures the soil of your soul and heart. So when we focus on God to understand God through worship, Bible study, and conversation with others, prayer, and ministry for and with others, and there's lots of other ways you who go out to teeter to work on the farm, we could name a whole list of those ways. God leads us as his disciples in doing ministry, and we flourish. So, Back to verses 1 through 9. The sower's work is emphasized by Jesus. He emphasizes over and over that the sower scattered the seeds and he scattered it everywhere. He scattered it to the, in the soil that was good. He scattered it in the soil that was bad. And we have to remember as we read the scripture that the first century Palestinians... For farming for them was not as sophisticated as it is for us today and their fields aren't nurtured as much as they were we've nurtured them and it, it was labor intensive to clear all the rocks and the trees and whatever may be around and so the sower casts as much seed as the sower can in hopes that much of it will find the good ground and germinate. In fact, a side fact that I learned is oftentimes in first century they threw the, the seed and then they plowed it in, which is different than what we do today. So Jesus, the master sower, the master sower, reminds us as sowers of faith to broadly cast seeds of God's love and grace everywhere to everyone. God's redemptive love is for all people, so everyone needs to hear it again and again, how God's love changes us. In the ninth verse, God says, let anyone with ears listen. And my Bible has an explanation point after that. Listen! I want 
you didn't know about God's love. Our soul condition determines whether we're ready or not to be sowers for Christ. And our soul condition, when we are so, or when, when, and then if we are, when we go out as sowers, we must remember that as we do ministry in the world that those that we are casting to, how and where are they in their faith journey? And to not worry so much about the condition of their souls, but to understand they may be in that place of the hard soil. And so it's going to take several times before we can share or they'll understand the word. And it progresses up until eventually there is some sower. I may have been the first sower. In fact, as a pastor, I often have the privilege to sowing seeds. That's just the way it is because of my calling. But I oftentimes never know the results. But somebody else comes along and sows a little more seed and cast broadly in that group that nobody else wants to go to, in the prison that nobody else wants to go to. And the seed keeps getting planted until finally one day the condition of the soil of the person that's hearing the word, it breaks through. Now I mentioned the condition of your soil is important too. So you have to understand where you're at in the season of your life and how your soil is doing. Because if you have something that's really dragging you down, you need to work on that so that it won't affect the joy of sharing God's good news with others. And sometimes we are called to sit back for a while as we get ourselves, as we use the term often, right with God, as we work through our issues so that when we go to sow the seed, it will get through. And it will fall properly in the way that it should because we are filled with joy to do the God's work. To cast broadly all of those seeds. When I go to cast seeds I, and talk to people, I go with the intention to help people sow. Are you ready? S-E-W, to sew the fabric of their lives into one filled with God's love and hope for the future as we all seek to make God's way of living together in unity and harmony a reality. I hope today that there is one person here today that you hear that God loves you and you can be God's sower as long as 
you are willing to sew S-E-W into the fabric of your life, the love and grace of God, so you can take it out to others. And my goal is to always broadcast that extravagantly, the seeds of hope through word and action. And I never know either when the seed will bear fruit. Do you know, Jesus scattered broadly, and he never knew when it would bear fruit. And in fact, Jesus did not see the full extent of his ministry because it wasn't realized until after his death on the cross. When did the church flourish? After his resurrection. In his humanness, I can imagine that he got discouraged because the church wasn't flourishing. But don't get discouraged because God is with us and God will help us to flourish. The writer, um, let me go get his name correct, H.L.G., he was a writer in England in the 1900s. And he was an ardent Methodist, by the way knew of an elderly gentleman in the life of the church who passed away. And this person was a cranky, old, bitter dude. And so he thought, no one is going to come to that man's funeral. Sure enough, he got to the church. And other than the officiant and himself, no one was there. And they processed to the cemetery. And when they got to the cemetery, HLG noticed that there was a soldier waiting. He was an officer, but on his raincoat there was no rank badges. The soldier came to the gravesite for the ceremony. When it was over, he stepped forward, and before the open grave, he swept up his hand, however you salute, I'm not military, that might have been given to a king. HLG walked away with the soldier, and as they walked, the wind blew the soldier's raincoat open to reveal the soldier shoulder badges of a brigadier. The brigadier said to Guy, You will perhaps be wondering what I am doing here. Years ago, Thomas was my Sunday school teacher. I was a wild lad and a sore trial for him. He never knew what he did for me, but I owe everything I am or will be to old Thomas, and today I had to come to salute him at the end. Thomas did not know what he was doing. No preacher or teacher or any of us as sowers for God never know totally what we are doing. 
It is our task to sow the seed and leave the rest to God. So as you leave here today, remember that Jesus calls us to broadcast seed widely and it will fall upon ears that are willing to hear in some of the most unlikely spaces. And people will sow S-E-W, the fabric of God's love, into their lives so they too can go out and be sowers of God's love. So here's three quick reflection questions for you to ponder, or maybe it's two. Are you listening to God to hear what God is speaking into your life? Are you receptive to what God is speaking into your life? And if so, what do you need to help you put into action what God spoke to you? As we hear and listen to how God leads us, let us pray that we will commit to go where God leads us to share the good news broadly and extravagantly with the world so that God's love will flourish and the world, which sorely needs it, will become a better place. And all God's people said, Come now as the community of faith to our time of holy communion with our Lord, master and sower of our faith, the sower of the seeds, seeds that bear the fruit of good news to the poor. Release to the captives. The recovery of sight to the blind. Liberty for the oppressed. The healing of the sick. Feeding the hungry. And the announcement that the time had come when God would save. The night that he gave himself up for us. He took the bread gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for the many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine and make them be for us 
the body and the blood of Christ, that way we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry in the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Amen. This is a table where all are welcome. It is a table where there are no barriers to community. It is a place where we experience the love of God. For God so loved. We ask now that the ushers would come forward as we begin our period of Holy Communion.
thank you for coming and sharing your love with us. And we remember that as we share in this Holy Communion. And so if you have not partaken, I would invite you now to taste and see how sweet Jesus is. Amen. Please stand for our closing hymn. Is it my understanding that Jerry Montague and Julia Kozicki right, will be out near the hospitality area if you wish to speak with them about the improvements that are going on in our congregation over the next week or two and, and beyond? <laughs> oh, gracious God, go with us into the world. We ask that your Holy Spirit. We ask that Jesus, the Redeemer, and you as the Creator, go with us so that we might broadly scatter the seed of love so others may know and so their lives together. All this we pray in your Son's holy name. Go in the name of the triune God. Amen.